0: I'm Jeff Eichler. And I'm Kirsten Rickert. And we are the hosts of the Getting Unstuck podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network.
1: Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other
0: interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. It was difficult to be thrown into that situation where I feel like there was no break and I had to keep going. And and there was a lot of pressure put on me from administration um, to be a certain type of teacher. So it, it was very difficult.
1: Welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. I'm Amber Harper, and the educators on this podcast are brave enough to share their stories of burnout with the world. On BIT, we get real, we get honest, and we take action. Action against the burnout with stories from burned out teachers, advice from experts, and actionable steps you can take today to beat the burnout and become a happier, more fulfilled human being. Let's get started. You know, during my 12-year teaching career, it seemed like there was always something throwing off my lesson plans, mindset, or goals. And when I began to burn out and tried to talk about it, all I heard was join the club, go for a walk, have a glass or three of wine. This is just the way it is. The current challenges you're facing, distance learning, new technologies, higher expectations, discipline issues, a personal crisis, a global pandemic. All of these challenges make your everyday life seem unmanageable until now. Teacher burnout has been hacked and the book is here. In Hacking Teacher Burnout, I share my eight step process that shines a light on burnout as an opportunity for growth and change. And in it, I empower you to become burned in. A fulfilled, happy, efficient, and effective teacher in the classroom and in life. You'll learn the steps you can take to take action steps based on your burnout type. Feel ready for the next challenge thrive not just survive personally and professionally feel ready for and learn how to grow through your burnout and so much more hacking teacher burnout is here and ready for you to order on amazon and barnesandnoble.com so go check it out or go to hackingteacherburnout.com to learn more and place a bulk order for your staff take a deep breath because you're about ready to do something big for your burnout burn on Hey, what's up, Burned In Teachers? Welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. This is one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support for teachers dealing with burnout. This is episode 83, and I'm your host, Amber Harper. I empower burned out teachers to believe that they deserve and can achieve a happier and more fulfilled career and life with my eight-step burned in process. This episode, you guys... If you did not hear the pre-roll, I want you to go back and listen to it. I'm telling you, the things that she is saying at the beginning of this episode, how much does that resonate with you right now? This episode is for those teachers out there that are burned and unbalanced and are at a stage zero, one, two, or 3 of burnout. Because this is for... Those teachers out there that have so much to do are telling themselves the story that this is just the way it is and this is what good teachers do or are being sucked into a culture, especially while teaching here in the pandemic, that says to you, you must be working all the time. You have to do all of the things and you have to do them this way and you must be working 12 hours a day in order to do it well. So Naomi and I are here to tell you that that is not true. If you're wondering what I'm talking about as far as stages and burnout type, go ahead and jump on over to burnedinteacher.com slash burnout quiz. Take my six-question, three-minute or less quiz that will help you to talk proactively about your burnout. It's going to help you identify your burnout type, and then you're going to get in your inbox my shiny stages ebook that will help to walk you through what stage you are at how burned out are you and what you can say do and think to move to the next stage and i'm telling you this episode could not be more perfect to follow last week's episode where we talked about rocks pebbles and sand and how going into a brand new quarter of every year is a new chance to refocus and recenter on the most important things now naomi who i interview here She taught in Denver for over seven years. She's now a stay-at-home mom with her two babies at home, but she still continues to serve educators by having a teacher's paid teacher store, as well as blogging for teachers. And let me tell you, online resources are really important right now, right? So another reason that I love this episode is because I'm talking about a teacher who did choose to leave education because she had the desire to stay home with her babies, but how Being a burned-in teacher is not about keeping you in the classroom. It's not about getting you out of the classroom. It's about choosing the way that you want to serve in this life that you have and going with it and taking your next best action steps. You'll hear Naomi talk about how much she loved planning engaging activities for her kindergartners and how she brought that love into a different space, learned and tried new things. And because of that, she's able to Do both. She's able to be at home with her babies, but also serve teachers and students in a different way through Teachers Pay Teachers. I love her story. It's so inspirational, and it's all about making a decision and taking different action to get different results. Now, I have some homework for you today. I want you to listen for two things. The first thing I want you to listen for is how teachers reacted when she decided to dump the belief that you have to work 12 hours a day in order to be a good teacher, I also want you to listen for the part where I help her to reframe the way that she talks about herself as a teacher who sells online teaching resources. Now, I know how precious your time is and I cannot wait for you to hear our interview, so let's dive in. Naomi, welcome to the Burned in Teacher podcast. I'm so grateful you're here with us today. Thank you. I'm so
0: happy to be doing this with you.
1: <laughs> I am too. So, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about how you got into teaching, how long you taught, what it is that you did um, and leading up to what it is that you're doing now. Sure. Um,
0: Well, I always had wanted to be a teacher. My mom was a teacher um, and so I always just kind of had a passion for it. Uh, So I went to um, UNC here in Colorado, the University of Northern Colorado, and um, I spent four years working in a classroom as part of my we were part of a cohort where you had to be a para and work in a classroom and then kind of get together and talk about it. Um, So I did that for about four years. And then I taught for about um, three years uh, inside the classroom. I taught kindergarten. Mm -hmm. So overall, I've worked with kindergarten through second or third grade, but the majority of the time with kindergartners.
1: So how long did you teach?
0: so i actually taught by myself for 3 years
1: mm-hmm. okay and
0: then i was like when i was a para the last 3 years of being a para i was co-teaching different subjects with the teacher and i was pulling small groups for interventions
1: so what was your experience as a teacher? How did it go? You know, thinking about being a first-year teacher, you know, I remember I remember years one through three so much because there was a lot of growth that happened in my own professional life during mm-hmm. that time. So tell right. me a little bit about that. Well,
0: so I feel like, I mean, I feel like any teacher that goes into it really doesn't know what to expect. I mean, especially if you haven't been in a classroom before. Um, So I went into it. I was very, very excited. Um, But my first year was very, very, very difficult. And a big part of that, I think, is um, the culture around teachers having to give all of themselves. Mm. Um, So when I started teaching in my first year, um, basically most of the teachers at the school that I was working at, um, I mean, they came in at like six o'clock in the morning, they left at like six o'clock at night, and, you know, I had never been a teacher before, you know, on my own, with my own classroom, I wanted so badly to succeed, and I wanted so badly to be good at what I do, um, and so I thought that that's what you had to do, and so there I was going in early, staying late, I mean, it was my entire life, you know, um and i had i did have a couple um outside circumstances i had some physical issues that i that i had been dealing with but overall i mean it was it was hard it was really really hard you know and i know teaching is never easy but um it was it was difficult to be thrown into that situation where i feel like there was no break and i had to keep going and and there was a lot of pressure put on me from administration Um, to be a certain type of teacher. So it it was very difficult.
1: So with the other teachers that you said working from six to six, so 12-hour days, five days a week, maybe six or seven, who knows, what was – you said that was kind of the cultural expectation, but what were the teachers' beliefs? What was their attitude about it?
0: I mean – you know, a lot of them, I mean, there was a handful of them that kind of felt like the school was their home and they didn't really feel like they needed a different outlet. Um, but I feel like a lot, like that was very, very seldom. That was very few. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of the teachers, I mean, it, it was an environment where they, they would complain about being, about being Mm -hmm. tired and, and, and things like that, you know, and, um, you know, I wish someone had told me, you know, to be aware of those things, but, you know, I feel like a lot of them were almost in the same boat that I was, um, where it was kind of, they were doing it out of expectation.
1: So did you have a mentor? Did you have anybody that, that you felt that you could go to, to ask for the support that you needed and to get some clarity on how to manage your time?
0: Yeah. Um, so At the school that I worked at, um, we all had teacher coaches and they were all, um, either teachers or administration that worked in our school. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they would coach us and observe us and things. Um, however, the kindergarten team, um, this was a brand new school. One of the teachers had been there the first year and myself and another teacher were brand new to the school. So it was a little bit like still kind of getting things up and running anyway, but the kindergarten team had the principal as their, um, coach so that would be the person that I felt like I needed to go to you know um at first I didn't want to go to her because I didn't want it to seem like I couldn't handle the job like I just kind of wanted to keep going um you know doing what I was doing working seven days a week that whole thing um eventually I did go to her and I you know just told her if you come in to observe me um there are just things I think that you should know. I've been, the way my burnout affected me was through fatigue mostly. Um, I was so tired all the time. And part of it was that I wasn't sleeping well. Um, but I was really, truly fatigued to the point where, I mean, I could barely keep my eyes open some days, you know, and she kind of just was like, oh, well, one of our teachers had mono last year. So it might be that like, just it's fine. It'll be fine. Like you'll get over it, you know? And to me, I was just like, I, I did. I mean, especially after that conversation, I thought that, you know, what if something's wrong? What if it's physical? You know, I went to doctor after doctor trying to figure out what was wrong. It took me a long time to figure out what it was and that it was burnout, you know?
1: It sounds like she really normalized it. Like, this mm-hmm. is just the way it is, honey.
0: Yeah, right, right. And, that's kind of part that. of it. Like part of that, especially that first year was a big struggle of wondering, is this the nature of the beast? Is this teaching? Is this, you know, the school I'm teaching at? Is this mm-hmm. the administration I'm teaching under? You know, I mean, as a first year teacher, part of you doesn't know if it's normal or not, you know, because you haven't done it before. So
1: that's you've never not done it anywhere normal. else. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. So this was all happening in year one. Yes. So you came back year two. Yes. Was it the same thing year two? Did it get worse? Did you learn some things? Did you do anything different? Tell me a little bit about that if you can remember.
0: Yeah. Um, so it got a lot better year two. Um, How so? The, the re- well, um, you know, I wasn't tired. I I felt more in charge of my job. I I felt more in charge, I don't know, in charge, but I felt more confident in what I was doing. Um, So year two, I had realized, I had finally, through my own research, had realized, you know, that burnout is a real thing. Um, Because I had gotten told before that it's kind of one of those things that's in your head. Like, you know, people like to say that depression, anxiety, things like that are controllable in in your head and I think a lot of people say that about burnout too um that it's a mental issue um that you can just fix, you know, and I I don't believe that. <laughs> um <laughs> but it took a lot of self research and like researching online um to figure out what that was. So once I I started to figure that out towards the end of the school year on year 1, um, And then I started to do things to change it. And so by the time summer came and went, I felt more prepared going into my second year. I knew what the school was like. I knew what the administration was like. And I kind of knew that I needed to take care of myself. And I figured out ways to do that. I will say that, you know, I found out that summer that I was pregnant with my son. Mm -hmm. So that was a big motivator for me to kind of, you know... I, I think teaching is a profession where people are expected to be martyrs a lot of the time, you know, and, um, I kind of put myself and my son first because I knew it ended up being a high risk pregnancy, but I, I kind of knew that, you know, we came first and my child came first, you know, and, and my administration shouldn't expect anything more than that. You know, they shouldn't expect me to sacrifice that
1: for the job. Can I ask you to go a little deeper into that expectation to become a martyr? Was it clear and stated explicitly that this is the expectation? And maybe they didn't use the word martyr, but that it was expected of you to give of yourself 12 hours a day, seven days a week? Or, because I deal with this a lot, I talk about this a lot with teachers in my community. Is it the expectation that we have on ourselves as high achievers?
0: Yeah. How is I mean, that for you? You know, to be honest, I think it's a little of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I am someone that very much like wants to do very well and wants to exceed expectations. And um, you know, my first year there was um certain expectations that were placed upon me, um, going in, they were telling all the other teachers how good I was at classroom management. And they were saying like, how good I was at certain things. And I felt like, well, now I have to live up to that. You know, like I have to do really, really well. Um, we're already doing well, but you're up to the (laughs) end. Right. right. But I was like, (laughs) I can't, I can't, there's no room for error. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I felt like. So yes, a lot of that you know, was me wanting to be that overachiever. And I think a lot of teachers just naturally have a personality that goes that way.
1: Absolutely. But I
0: will say that, you know, and I, like I said, you know, I don't know what it's like everywhere. Um, But I will say that, you know, I do think in not so many words, it it was said that it was expected in ways where, kind of, if you didn't do this, or if you didn't meet a certain expectation, you know, well, you had all weekend to work on it sort of thing, you know? And it's like, well, that's not in my contract hours, but I feel like as a first-year teacher, you're not going to say that, you know, you're just going to go ahead and take the weekend to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just hard to be, to be aware of those expectations and what, what taking all that time, for work and not yourself is doing to you until you get to that point.
1: So what did you change? You said you went into year two. You knew you were pregnant with your son. You knew that you were not going to be a martyr and you were going to put yourself and your child first, Mm -hmm. which is a fantastic place to come from. Tell me what changes you made. So I kind of went through
0: this mental change where first off, I was giving myself credit for being good at what I do. I know that I'm good at what I do. I, I'm confident going into the school year that I'm, the kids are going to learn the kids, just because I put myself first doesn't mean, you know, I'm not putting the kids anywhere. Like my job is very, very important to me. It is a passion. And I think that's what it's like for most teachers. Mm -hmm. Um, so I kind of went in with a different mentality of, instead of having to meet expectations or impress anyone. It was mainly just what is happening in my classroom and what do I need to do for those children? Um, You know, and you still go above and beyond at times, but I learned to listen to my body because, you know, I think I mentioned fatigue was a huge factor of my burnout. Um, When I get very stressed or burnt out, it, it affects me physically. You know, I get sick more often. I get very, very tired, things like that. And so I kind of took time during the summer to focus on, you know, why did I get into teaching? What are the things I like about it? what happened this past year that was holding me back from those things you know i mean i was miserable i was depressed it was terrible you know and and i started to question like is this the right profession for me like is this what i should be doing and so i kind of just did a big deep dive into my own mental health and you know i i would make lists of like things that i enjoyed about teaching and then the things that like were really making me miserable and so what I changed was, um, A, taking care of myself in general. You know, I was eating better. I was trying to find time to, like, at least take my dog for a walk or get out or something. Um, I was drinking lots and lots of water. I was going to bed um, at a reasonable time. I, but the biggest thing that I think that I did that really turned it around was I allowed myself to believe that I could still be a good teacher by getting to school fifteen minutes early and leaving at four o'clock when my contract hours ended and not working on the weekend, <laughs> you know, and that was huge because I mean, even teachers that were that I was working with that I've been working for five, 10 years were still doing those things. And I kind of gave myself permission to do those things and still telling myself that I can still be good, good at what I do. I can still be a good teacher and and work within my contract hours Mm -hmm. you know it it is possible Mm -hmm. and if I feel like honestly I also gave myself permission to speak up if I feel like I'm not getting enough time in my contract hours I feel like that's something that I need to work out with my administration because they should be allowing me that time to do to you know they shouldn't be taking up all of that time you know like our planning time and stuff with meetings Or what have you, you know, and so if I'm not getting that time during my contract hours, I feel like it's important to speak up. And it was important for me to say, hey, look, like, I think I'm pretty efficient. I'm not like slacking, I'm not like not planning during planning time. Mm -hmm. This is what I need from you, you know. So I think that, you know, a lot of factors, but the biggest thing is just advocating for myself and understanding that you don't have to work yourself dead tired, Mm -hmm. you know to be good at what you do and to care still about what you do.
1: I love every single thing that you just said. It's so validating that it all starts with your beliefs and your decision Mm -hmm. to to make those changes.
0: It really does. Like I said, I mean, I feel, you know, a huge part of it is just mentally believing that like, just because, you know, just because you go into a school where things are set a certain way and a lot of teachers are doing things a certain way, it doesn't mean it it that doesn't mean it will necessarily work for you. Right. And it.
1: So sorry, you just (laughs) (laughs) question that I have. So you said that it was sort of just the expectation, the culture that teachers came at six and left at six, you know, give or take. Right. So did they treat you any different that second year when you made, you essentially created boundaries around your time? Right. Right. Um, the, to be honest, I don't think anyone even noticed. Mm -hmm. Like,
0: I think I was doing that because I thought I had to do it the first year. And I mean, where we were in our building, um, the kindergarten team was in a little pocket at the end of the like school. So it's, we weren't really there out in front of everyone a lot anyway. So I don't know that anyone would notice when you got there and when you left as long as you were there, you know, when you needed to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Overall though, I don't think anyone noticed. And to be honest, I think it had more of a positive impact because um, one of my teammates had been teaching for five or six years at that point. And now she's the same way. Like, I think that she was able to see, I mean, she would get there early and stay late and she had always kind of done that. And granted, she wasn't struggling with like burnout or anything necessarily, but she, I've watched her, she's still teaching at the same school and I've watched her become more of a person that's like, oh, I'm going to get there on time. I'm going to leave at four. I'm not doing anything over the weekend. And she, um, she's actually working on her team as a first year teacher now, um, that actually used to work in my classroom as a para. And she tells her, you know, don't do anything over the weekend. Or if you do set a timer and like, don't do anything when that timer goes off, no matter what, <laughs> you know, like, yes. so I think it had more of a positive impact, impact, actually on teammates around me, realizing that maybe you don't have to do those things and you can still be good at what you do.
1: Mm. Love that. Such great yeah. wise advice. <laughs> so going into year three, was it much of the same? Um, it, because I know then after year three, then you, you left education for right now yeah. to be at home with your kiddos Yep. Correct. Um yeah, so year 3 was a lot of the same. Um luckily,
0: you know, I the thing is that I still kept doing the things that I was doing year 2 and really it the whole burnout thing in year 1 just had such an impact on me that It's just constantly kind of sitting there in the back of my head during year two and year three, where it's like, if I start to feel like I'm doing too much, or if I start to feel overwhelmed, I know what to do. Like I know to stop. I know to take a break. I mean, you know, I would take time for myself. I would take walks. I would come home at night and be like, look, I need to take a bath. I need to like have alone time, you know, whatever it was, I kind of just knew I it wasn't until that happened that I really understood self-care and I really understood the importance of self-care and self-care could mean so many different things. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people think it means like getting your nails done or taking a bath and that's not necessarily true. It could be working out. could be, I mean, anything that that you feel like you're doing to care for yourself.
1: It could also be that advocation, those conversations That you need Absolutely. to have with your administrators yeah. when you feel like your time is being taken from you too often. Right. It's inevitable that you're gonna have meetings during your planned periods, but right. when it's happening every week, time after time,
0: when I can you definitely- start feeling like you can't do anything that you're supposed to be getting done during your contract hours and you have to take your work home with you on a regular basis that is where I feel like it's not okay.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, if
0: you want to take your work home with you, if that's who you are, if that's what you want to be doing, you know, that's a whole other thing. But if you feel like you're doing it out of obligation and it's becoming, you know, something in your life that's literally making you sick, like that's not okay. And and it's so important to advocate for yourself.
1: So when you did advocate to your administrators, I'm assuming that you did have these conversations How did you approach it? And what was their reaction?
0: You know, I had a different coach going into the next year. And um, I kind of, I first, what I did was I sent her, she had been a teacher previously, like at the school, and then she stopped teaching to become more of like a leader, a teacher coach. So I went into the year, And I emailed her and I kind of just told her my experience and I told her things that were happening. And I told her things were happening in my life, like the burnout experience, because I wanted to lay it all out there. And I wanted to tell her, you know, this is what happened. I don't intend on that happening again, you know? And honestly, it it was nice having someone, I mean, I think we can all understand that it can be intimidating to go talk to the principal to advocate for yourself and ask for certain things. So it was nice kind of having a go-to between where I would kind of talk to this coach about it, you know, Mm -hmm. and then she would go and talk to the principal about it. And I mean, I had a great relationship with our principal and everything, Um, but it was nice to kind of be able to like have someone that was just a teacher that kind of can relate more and things like that. So um, it was received very well. And to be honest, I think that a lot of times when people are afraid to advocate for themselves, it's actually received a lot better than they expect it will be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it comes with a lot of respect from administration and people that you know, as long as you do it in a respectful manner and you're just telling them that the reasons that you're doing that is so that you can perform better at your job. Um, I think it's met with respect a lot more often than people expect it to be. You know, and and it was. It was met with respect. Um, you know there were times where that coach would be like, okay, I promise this meeting will only be 20 minutes. And if it's not, you can leave at the 20 minute mark sort of thing, you know, like where I'd be like, Hey, I really need this time, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that was really great. And like I said, I think, you know, at least people like me, I get very intimidated. I get very anxious sometimes, you know, going and asking for things and advocating for myself. And it's something that I still have to push myself to do, but I think that the results end up being way more positive than I ever imagined them to be.
1: You know, well, we, tell, we're, we tell ourselves these stories, these really negative yep. narratives about what's going to happen if, you know, yeah. if, if I do this scary thing, this horrible thing is going to happen. But it's and the
0: that, worst case scenario.
1: Totally. It's happen,
0: <laughs> totally. for sure going to happen.
1: <laughs> and typically it doesn't. Right, but right. If it does, then you really learn about what your next steps need to be.
0: Absolutely. Whether or
1: not that is the place for you.
0: Right. Had that not been received well, I mean, I don't know that there would have been a year three mm-hmm. at that school, you know? Um it's exactly what you said. You know, I mean, either way, when you advocate for yourself and ask for those things, no matter how it goes, it is a learning situation,
1: Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. paying attention. Right. Mm -hmm. So tell us about year three. I know that you uh, have a teacher's pay teacher's store. I do. Am I saying that correctly? I'm not. (laughs) So you clearly cleared up enough time to start this store. Did that happen Mm -hmm. in year three? I'd like to hear that story because here's what I want to make sure if anybody is new to the podcast, you've never heard me say this before. Burned-in Teacher is not about making teachers feel like they have to be content where they are. It's about you deciding what you want and empowering you to believe that you deserve and can achieve whatever it is that you want. So if you wanted to stay in kindergarten, you wanted to love it again, you don't want to leave, mm-hmm. but you know, you know, something has to change. Or if you want to give yourself permission to make a big change, whether it be a transition to another school district or another school building and grade level or another job with an education, or in fact, leaving education for the time being, whether permanently or temporarily, that you are empowered with the belief that you are worthy of making that decision and helping you along that path. So burning teacher is not about getting you out of the classroom either. It's about whatever it is that you want to do. But I love that you, something inside of you said, I want to do this. This is something I want to try out. So tell me a little bit about that. And then what did cause you to make the decision to leave?
0: So, during year three is, um, you know, I, I had just had a baby, um, and was this baby one or baby two, baby one. Okay. That was the baby that I was pregnant with the okay. summer after year one. That's um, all
1: right. I apologize. Yes.
0: That's okay. That's okay. Um, yeah. So I, I had my baby, I was still sticking to, you know, really putting myself first, taking care of myself. You know, I mean, I, I'm a huge advocate of that whole, you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm you know, I think it's, it's very, very true. Um, so I was still doing all those things. Um, and, but I'm going to be honest, there were a lot of things about education, like working in education that school did not teach me or prepare me for. And, you know, there was a lot that was still very overwhelming for me. And there was a lot of, it, it. it got to a point for myself where I felt like it had to do more with politics or parents or, you know, things like that than it did my passion, which was the kids, you know, and the lessons and being there in person without thinking about anything else, being all the way there with them, right? So, you know, again, I was, I've still only really, I mean, I've been at a couple schools, but I really only taught this school. And so I was very much like, is this the nature of the beast? Like, is this the school, whatever. Um, But then I realized, you know, my, my teammate and I would sit and plan curriculums because, you know, we would use like a baseline of the curriculum that we were given, but we felt like it wasn't engaging enough for kindergarten. It was written for higher grades, you know, and so we would sit down and plan. We were very efficient at it. We really liked it, and I really enjoyed coming up with these engaging hands-on lessons, and so I just started putting them on Teachers Pay Teachers, and um, and I figured out that that's something that I really like to do, and Thankfully we just came into a financial position where I was able to stay home. Um I ended up getting pregnant again.
1: Mm-hmm. Um
0: so I'm at home with my two toddlers now. Um, which is just sort of something I've always gotten all over again. It's kindergarten <laughs> all over again. It really is. I mean, I do have like preschool time. Um but that was something I had personally always wanted to do is be able to mm. stay at home. You mm. know, so when the opportunity came up I I jumped at it. Um, but, you know, with having the whole teachers pay teachers thing, you know, I haven't decided if I'm gonna go back to school or not because you know, I miss the kids, but This gives me a way to be involved in something that I love doing and still be involved in education, you know. And I have friends that are teaching still my, you know, my old teammate, she still teaches kindergarten in the same school. So I'll give her things, you know, and she'll send me pictures. And so it's kind of like I'm there in the classroom a little bit, you know, helping. Yeah. And helping other teachers. Right. And that's part of it too is that, like, if I can provide things that, like, you know, even if teachers just don't have the time to create it because I know what that's like, you know, I mean, if I can provide something that can help and be a comprehensive lesson or unit or activity, you know, that's really where my passion is. And so I felt kind of guilty leaving, you know, I had gotten this college degree. I, you know, had gone through three years of teaching by myself more than that being in the classroom. Um, you know, I was like, I don't want to put it to waste, but I also want to follow my passion. And there was a point where I was very much like, I don't know what to do, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but I feel like with teachers pay teachers, it has really allowed me an opportunity to be the stay at home mom that I want to be for now and still follow my passion. You know, I love creating curriculum. I love creating activities and, and it, almost makes me feel like I am back in the classroom and I'm helping teachers, you know?
1: Well, when you look at it from the perspective of, would you ever be able to do what you're doing now without doing what you had done? You wouldn't right. be able to That's create true. effective and efficient and engaging lessons for kindergartners had you not gotten a degree and been in the kindergarten classroom and knowing what they would need. Right. That is so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how much time do you dedicate to creating these lessons, and do you just create them for kindergarten, or do you create them for, you know, the primary grades, K through two? What is, tell me a little bit about that before we jump off here. So the the majority of my products
0: are um, preschool through second grade. Um, I have a couple things that work for the older grades, but that's really, I mean, even when I was a para, I worked in, like, kindergarten, preschool through, like, second grade, so that's really been my area. I
1: know what you're doing.
0: Right. Right. And I, I actually have a friend that teaches fourth grade and she's like, I can never teach kindergarten. And I'm like, I don't know that I could teach fourth grade. You know, I mean, I feel like some of us have our niches. You know? sure. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's basically preschool through second. Um, and, uh, you know, it depends on the day, how much time I dedicate with, um, a one-year-old and a three-year-old here to oh take goodness. care of. Bless
1: your soul, honey. <laughs>
0: um, but overall I'd say, you know, I dedicate a good amount of, of every day. You know, I try to set aside, um, a few hours during nap time to work on curriculums and lessons and things that I'm working on to post into my store. And then I set aside a few hours a day during second nap time (laughs) to, um, you know, do social media and like some marketing and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's really working around my kids' schedules, which, if you have children, you know, it can be not always steady. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I'm doing what I can. And, you know, for me, it's really not about the money, you Mm -hmm. know, that's, it's, it's a nice little side money, but I mean, it's really just about being able to pursue my passion and, and hopefully help other teachers out there, you know?
1: So how, if you were to talk to yourself as a first year teacher now, yeah or to other first year teachers that may be listening, or heck, even twenty plus year teachers who are really challenging with this narrative that everybody else is doing this, therefore, I must also do this. what would you what's your biggest takeaway that you want listeners to take with them today
0: yeah um there's a there's a couple different things. The first thing I would say is don't feel like you have to be in it by yourself um burnout was extremely isolating i felt so alone you know um i would say reach out to your teammates reach out to your administration reach out to other teachers you know ask them for help with what you need it's okay to ask for help you don't have to go into your first year Trying to know everything, trying to do everything, ask for help is the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say is know your limits or find them out. You know, we don't always know our limits right away, but you can discover them. I mean, if you're starting to feel tired, you need to honor that and you need to do something to rest or do something that's a hobby or, you know, you just need to really, really focus on your physical and mental feelings. How are you feeling and honor that? And, Um, move forward in a way where you're stopping your work you're doing something to help yourself physically or mentally and you can come back to whatever you're doing later you know and honestly if those things aren't working for you I would say that maybe you're not at the right school I mean sometimes you have to try different I mean and I think that goes for any profession you know sometimes where you work is not where you should be working. It's just doesn't, you know, I, I tell people this, if they're going in for an interview or something, like you can interview them too, because just because they accept, they offer you a job doesn't mean that you are a good fit. It doesn't mean that that they're a good fit for you, you
1: know? So and how are you going to know and, until you're there too. Right.
0: And I think that's mm-hmm. a good, that's a good, you know, rule of thumb with schools too, is that like, you know, sometimes it's just not a good fit for you and that's okay. Just because you leave a job, it doesn't necessarily make it bad. It doesn't mean you failed. It just means that maybe it wasn't a right fit and maybe somewhere else would be better fitted for your needs.
1: Wonderful advice. That's what I would say. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Naomi, Thank you so much for sharing your story. It's it sounds like you just learned so much about yourself, not only as a professional but as a person.
0: I did. I did. Thank you so much for having me by of the way. Of
1: course. This is I I this is why I do this podcast. I want to hear these stories. I want to empower you to be able to tell your story and therefore empowering others. So I love it tell everybody um, how they can find you. Maybe you have a listener here who might be interested in some of your things on Teachers Pay Teachers. So tell us how how we can find you on social media and on Teachers Pay Teachers.
0: Yeah, so um, my Teachers Pay Teachers store is Busy Little Bees. Uh, So you can just search that in Teachers Pay Teachers and find my store. Um, And my Instagram is Busy Little Bees Teacher. Um, There's a period in between every word. Um, Other than that, that's pretty much it.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much, Naomi, for your time and your story and your vulnerability and your lessons. This yes, was a thank really you. You're so welcome. This was a really great interview.
0: It was. Thank you so much.
1: If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of Burned In Teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the burned in teacher podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on.